Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Live commentaries and podcasts. This is Rebel Yell from the WFC Supporters Association. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. So just as you think that we're away for the summer and you've uh, put our voices to the back of your minds for a few weeks, we've decided to come back to bring a special guest into the Rebel Yell Podcast studios. I say studios, I say our houses on Zoom. Um, Joining tonight, Pete, how are you doing, mate? And you're not yeah, the special I'm, guest. I'm, you're not the special guest, by the way, before you get your ego I, I inflated. Know, I know. I, I'm very well. The reason you've had to, to do this, the honest reason, is because you you missed our special yeah, guest I know, at the I end know, of the I season know, podcast. I know, so. I know, I know. So be honest. I was getting myself, I was jet lagged. I was getting jet lagged. I was getting myself confused. And I realised I'd done it. I was like, and then George sent me a message. I was like, oh, SH1T. I've made a balls up here. And I can't believe we've forgotten the main man. I mean... You know, George, you, you could employ like a proper media team, but you've got these like part-timers that can't even remember to get yourself on, can we? That know? was fine, honestly. Don't oh, worry about okay. it. And, and Spencer's back as well. He's uh, He's been in uh, enjoying uh, seeing West Ham on Simpsons and, you know, all that <laughs> lot. You know, he's getting a bit happy about that on his that, Facebook. That sounds strange, but it's real. Uh, be Worthing soon, mate. This... <laughs> yeah, I'll be having Worthing on there. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be entertaining, but... James has been called out within the first 30 seconds. Yeah, so. well, I mean, Pete's <laughs> got to get, get his revenge because I'm normally giving Pete so much, like, crap, aren't I, to be fair. So, Pete's about turn two. And all right, Peter. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Yeah, he can't do it on the mic. He has to do it over virtual. But anyway, we digress. George Dow has joined us, as we call it, our summer special of the Rebel Your Podcast. George, how are we doing, mate? Yeah, all good. All good, guys. How are you? Enjoying yeah. your summer? We are, mate. Yeah, well, today is boiling. Hopefully this summer lasts a little bit longer. But we're coming to you from your new look home office, which looks fantastic. As you see, it puts us all to shame um, sitting in living rooms and little rooms in the house. But George's got a lovely set of trainers behind you. It looks very good. How, how have you been spending the off-season? I bet you've probably been very busy, haven't you, I guess? Uh, yeah, straight after the season finishes, it's always always quite busy planning. Obviously, and we had a really good season, so the awards and we had to plan all that sort of stuff, the awards even and stuff. So, yeah, no, it's been a, a busy off-season. I'm sure you've seen from the activity that Adam and yeah. Nathan have both been very busy as well. So, no, it's I been mean, good. I mean, the guy in the top left of this screen right now, Pete, um, I mean, he managed to... How, how did he sneak his way into the Isbian League Awards? Did he sneak him into a bag or something? Because, you know, I think he, he was very keen and you saw him in the pictures there. Were you, how did he get in? Was, there, was he... Was he uh, an illegal immigrant into the awards or something like that? <laughs> no, he was, he was, we, me and Pete sat next to each other, actually. We had a oh, great well, I feel sorry for you. You know what it's like for me every Saturday now, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we, was... we, we had a laugh, didn't we, George? We did. Yeah, we had a great night, didn't we, mate? Yeah, it looked like good. a fun night. It looked like a fun night, um, which was just a sort of part of the season that, you know, it must have been, again, another reminder of how amazing we did in that past season. But let's take it back to the beginning, George. Obviously, we got you 
you you took over the club and you had a plan. Was your we just want to know, was your plan straight away? You wanted to get to the national league. Is that like what your overall initial plan was, or did it take a little bit of time to sort of sit down and think what do we want to do if we're having FC? No, I think straight away. I think uh, me, myself, and Calvin obviously were the two uh, people most heavily involved at the time, and we thought straight away that the the club could easily sustain a club in the national league south, and we were shocked that it had never been at that level before so that was yeah our initial as soon as we heard that that was our initial goal that we've got to <clears throat> got to try and get there and for some reason we set a five-year five-year plan on it or a, a, yeah a, a calf if you like to try and do it within five years so uh and thankfully although pete did correct me the other day and said it was seven years but it's five complete it was a seasons. fake seven years though wasn't yeah, it, it wasn't yeah, actually five a real complete five season yeah. so I'm, I'm taking that as a win and uh yeah calvin was was right in a lot of what he said and that the club could do it if we if we did it sustainably and we we've managed to do that so you say sustainability was that the key thing though because you've seen clubs around us like Dorking which I still think are quite sustainable but they've gone back to back to back quite a lot of the time why was it five years for you what what made you think five years was it because obviously the club needed to be sorted out back back sort of back areas that we don't see as fans or you know the running of the finances the improvements of the stadium what what, what was it that was five years in particular not back to back in two years yeah, I think it, we didn't we didn't think we could do it back to back in in two years because we just weren't going to be well I'm not in a position to just chuck endless amounts of money at it and and then it, for it to go bang. So we wanted to make sure it was done sustainably. And it, obviously, in the first year, it was amazing. We got a promotion straight away, and that really set us off. But before I came in, we were very close to being relegated, so it, it wasn't like we were necessarily although we were inheriting a lot of good players the club wasn't in a in a great position as it as it were and um yeah we just didn't think that it would be clever to go right we're going to do this in two years we just thought we, we could build on it we could try and um build our youth structure and 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 do it that way by um promoting the young younger players in the in the club to come through into the first team and then yeah make make a name for themselves as it were and yeah, it seems to have it seems to have paid off. I think we've got a lot of players that have come through the system now and, and have played first team football. We've had a lot that have played first team football and moved on to um yeah, higher up the football pyramid. So yeah, we're very proud of our, our youth setup uh, at Worthing now. And I think we've almost made a name for ourselves in that respect. And how, how important, George, is the um Mr. Finchel would be important to this five year plan of yours? Oh yeah, hugely important. I mean, when I first uh, bought the club, Hinch was the obviously the manager, and then he got um, offered a great opportunity at Brighton and took that. And uh, obviously, at the time, that was pretty gutting. We were me and Calvin both new to the job, and then the manager just is leaves within a couple of weeks. So that was that was tough at the time. But um, yeah, totally appreciate why and his reasons as to why he took that role. But then, yeah, as soon as his name became available again to bring back to the club, it was kind of a no-brainer. We just did whatever we could to to bring him back and yeah I'm so glad that we did I mean everyone's seen proofs in the pudding of what he's put together on the pitch and um not just that but all around the out or all around the club really the attitude and the the environment that he's built along with um sort of Nathan in the last few years as well has been incredible and I think uh the fact that when we seem to get players through the door they they don't really want to leave and we he always get seems to get players that have uh, on on the on the up, if you like, and and proves that they're good players and develops them, and they they move on to bigger and better things. So yeah, I can't speak highly enough of Hinch and all his all his staff really of what they what they put together on the pitch. So what was it with the five year plan that you believed it was achievable to get us to national league? Because obviously we've seen. Season on season, the figures have gone higher and higher. The attendances, you know, the people turning up. We know your history of Worthing Football Club, but when you were even in that youth setup before obviously the, the accident happened did you always see Worthing was almost like a it was like something that could grow but just needed the right movement to grow because you must have seen some sort of like future for it when you decided to take on the club and to push it up so what was that that you thought was going to make it achievable uh if, well, if I'm brutally when I was playing for Worthing I always knew I always felt like Worthing was a sort of a big club in non-league if you like uh, and I, sleeping I just, giant sort of thing would you say yeah let's look like a sleeping giant obviously they had a nice ground and the other grounds that even back then when we used to visit you always used to like playing at home because you just felt like it was more of a stadium than maybe some of the other grounds that you'd visit so I always felt like I was playing for sort of a, a big club at, at the level and then I guess when I stopped 
Oh, I, was, I was still quite young then, so maybe I didn't appreciate that they haven't played as high as maybe I thought they had. And these other things that I, I have since learned about the club, I didn't. I was only seventeen, so fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and then so I didn't appreciate like the catchment that Worthing had and all the back, all the background stuff that could mean that Worthing could turn into this, um, yeah, or, or could be something bigger. I didn't really appreciate all that when I was younger, but then when you when you take over the club and you sort of look into all them things and you think, oh, bloody hell, there's, there's towns a lot smaller than ours that seem to, um, yeah, do a lot better than what Worthing were doing at the time. That we just, I just felt like it could be so much more. And I just remember all the memories I had when, even when I was growing up and all the cup finals would be at Worthing. I just felt like it, we could do more in the community because if you weren't playing football, then you didn't really know about it. And I think that that showed in the in the early days when we were when we were building the pitch and you'd get people like two road who lived two roads away would come around and be like what's all this noise what's going on they didn't even realize there's a football pitch there and we were like oh we're building the 3g pitch and they're like oh bloody hell i didn't even know that was there so there was plenty of that that went on in the early days and i think that just went to show that we could do so much more to integrate ourselves into the community so that's what that was our biggest uh our biggest aim really in the first couple of years was just to really imprint ourselves into the community and I think obviously there's still work to do on that we'd still love to do more and more and more but I think I think we've done well and I think the crowds would would uh, be testament to that that they keep seem to be going up so we must be doing something right to be getting people in and, and getting them to stay 100%. yeah I think that's absolutely right George you know like the, the the image of the club within the town has gone through the roof you know as you say that's shown by a crowd figures going up I, I find it quite unbelievable that even up to probably like three years ago how few people knew there was even a football club in in Worthing yeah. whereas yeah. now you know we're getting 2,000 plus through the through the door for, for certain games um, Pete's a testament to that aren't you Pete you've lived in the town longer than any of us and you weren't even sure till a few years ago that there was a ground there was you no I think I've been there for a game years and years ago and it just didn't just didn't click in my head and then got introduced by a friend you know, I think 2017, something like that. Um, yeah. And yeah, once I once I came, and I think it was about I can't get four, rid of him. <laughs> 400 there, and I was like, Not left no, no, and I was I was just like, you know, I could I could really get on board with this, you know, being a you know community club and everything. Everyone was friendly. Um, I think I spoke to George on probably my second or third visit to to the actual ground, and you you wouldn't do that in in football league or anything like that. And, and that's that's how I got the, the you know the non-league book basically. So yeah, yeah. I'm a test I'm a testament to everything that George is saying. You know, it's a quite a big town, and and obviously it's brilliant to see the club going from strength to strength, and you know getting scallywags like me through the gate. <laughs> those ex-forest <laughs> expats, aren't you? <laughs> no, it was it was one of those things though, George. Like I um I've been down in Worthing for five years now, and I was up in Henfield when obviously you made the appearances on the Undateables on TV, which drew a lot of attention to Worthing FC. And uh, do you find after like making the appearance on the TV show like that helped bring sort of more awareness to the football club? Yeah, and that was kind of always my my thought behind it, really. And I did say that to them when they approached me about going on the show. I said, like, I'm not really looking for love at the moment I've just come out of a long-term relationship and I'd rather I've just bought a club and all that and they were saying oh yeah but it's a great story and I thought yeah actually no we could you know I could use this to bring some light to the to the club and I think it did help maybe initially for a little bit and I remember going to other grounds and stuff and people would recognize you there and I just thought it built it built a bit of hype about Worthing Football Club which built mm-hmm. onto the great season like the great first season that we had it was all part of that season so um yeah, I think it went out on the TV in like January and obviously we, we were like in and around the, the top spots then. So it just, yeah, just kept the momentum going really. And I, I, I mean, I don't think it played a huge part, but I think, yeah, it maybe brought a bit of light to the club. It's like that thing, though, as like I said, like, you know, I was living in another part of Sussex at the time and I wasn't sort of attending non-league at all at that stage. And, you know, I was busy with work. And I always remember when me and my wife looked at moving down to Worthing, I always had it in the back of my head. I was like, actually, yeah, that, that guy that was on uh, the Undateables, he, he owns Worthing FC. And like when we moved in, settled in, it wasn't that long after that I popped down on my own. And a bit like Pete can't get rid of me either now. So, you know, <laughs> annoyingly to some. But, you know, it's, it was a great, I think it was a great marketing thing for you and it was very clever sharp peter saying me on the background he, he, he would miss me too much if i went away abroad but you know it's a great <laughs> great time and i say that for gritted teeth wouldn't he but um that promotion that season that you had and uh it came off the back maybe brought some fans from being on the undateables what was that promotion like as you said it was quite 
surprising. Obviously, you lost Adam Hinchwood, which you were gutted about, and then you know, new management take over and they achieved the promotion into the Isthmian Premier. Uh, almost like within your first season of purchasing the club, that must have been such a sort of whoa, 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 what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a dream scenario, wasn't it? I mean, that's what I dreamt about when I first bought the club. As oh, year one, we'll get a promotion, and I didn't, I didn't ever plan for that, but that was always like what I, I dreamt about, and it's it happened, which was crazy, and yeah. Gary and John did an amazing job that year to keep well first and foremost keep the keep the squad largely together and and add to it and and got us a promotion through the playoffs so it was yeah an, an exceptional feeling at the end of the year when or at the end of the season sorry when when we managed to achieve it especially through the playoffs you know they they say don't they that's the best if you're going to do it if you can guarantee to do it then that's the way to that's the way to do it but um yeah I mean it was it was fantastic and I, I think it was really important as well because we were trying to like kickstart this new Worthing, um, new Worthing FC sort of feel to the club. And I think it was important to get off to a good start with that. Cause I think if maybe not, not necessarily needing a promotion, but it was good to be in and around the playoff places and really prove that we are trying to do something new at the club. Because I think if, if maybe we'd finished like bottom half of that year, people might've come along and gone, ah, oh, no, not, not really. It's just the same old Worthing. Whereas I think because, we did make a, a big leap forward in that first year. I think it it helped to capture a lot of people's imagination off the back of the moment, momentum of the new pitch and and the new owner and everything else that was going on. I think it just helped to really kickstart and keep keep people coming back, essentially. So, you know, getting that, that promotion in the first year, regarding the, the plan, the five-year plan, so then did that feel like that was more pressure on the plan of like, right, year one, we've already done this. There were, you know right the pressure's on now we go you know how, how how did that how did that feel i kind of didn't i'm sure live... when you did the five-year plan you weren't thinking yeah, year one year two year three yeah no i definitely wasn't i didn't even live by the plan i kind of almost put it to the back of mind i didn't even realize i I'd, I'd made that five-year plan until it was like year four and we didn't get promoted and then i thought oh we've only got one more year to do this if we're going to do it and then obviously hinch just smashed it in that year and we were very unlucky not to get promoted because of covid and whatnot but um yeah I, I certainly didn't live by live by the plan if you know what I mean I wasn't like okay we've got four years to get another promotion now obviously I would love to have done it the next year and obviously that didn't, that didn't happen um but yeah I, I I didn't I didn't like count down I wasn't counting down the years and if it didn't happen I wouldn't have mentioned it and I hope no one everyone else forgot going back to the pitch obviously we had the new pitch put down obviously you know for the community etc etc encourage people in get some revenue through pitch higher etc which obviously helps the club and then we had nothing but problems didn't we yeah I mean it was so stressful and and mainly for obviously it was really stressful for me but a lot of it Calvin was dealing with in the early days and it was yeah so stressful for the both of us obviously putting so much time effort money into getting the new pitch and it was just forever having problems with it and uh, yeah bouncing between lawyers and trying to get things sorted out so it was it was very very stressful and uh, yeah, obviously everyone knows the respect I have for Calvin and all the hours, not just to do with the pitch, but in everything that he'd done for the club. Yeah, I can't speak high enough of him. And then he passed sort of the baton on for the pitch to Barry. And yeah, Barry's been, yeah, exceptional in getting that, that getting that really sorted out and over the line. And I think now what he's managed to have done at the club in terms of the newer new pitch, if you like, is incredible and I think it's probably one of well, certainly one of the best 3G pitches I think we play on now so mm. um certainly in our league I know Lansing's quite good but I, th- I think ours is ours is really good too so yeah um it was very stressful at the time but I think we're in a better place now as a result of it if, if that makes sense I think we've sort of got a new lease of a pitch if you like we've got like another eight years or whatever it is whatever the life of a pitch is so yeah we're in a we're in a good position now but that's thanks to to Calvin and Barry, really. Yeah, and obviously, you know, there was times where um, <clears throat> he wasn't going to get passed by the FA, was it? Which would have added more stress <laughs> to, yeah, to, the, to yeah. yourselves if they'd said, right, you, you, you know, it's, it's unplayable because of the condition of it. So from an owner's point of view, that you, you must have been having sleepless nights. Yeah, constantly. Like whenever, well, even, even before like the... The, yeah, the threats of not not it being not being passed by the FA. There was like every time it rained, we were like, oh my god, it's going to get called off because it's going to flood. And 
it was just very, very stressful. And obviously that's the last, when you get an all weather pitch, you, you get it for, you hope it's going to be pretty stress-free, but no, it turned yeah. out to be a real headache for the first couple of seasons. And, and then even longer than that one yeah, we obviously the FA were great with us and offered dispensation on the pitch when um, we were having problems with it, which was very, very useful because yeah, it would have been, would have been even worse if we had had to, go and pitch share somewhere until it got sorted out because it did take a good two or three years to actually properly get sorted out. So it would have meant a lot of playing away from home and that would have mean, I imagine, a huge loss in our fan base who probably aren't going to want to travel all over Sussex to watch their local team. So, um, yeah, Barry and Calvin were instrumental in getting that over the line for the club, although it was a very, very, very stressful time for well, I say a stressful time, it was a very stressful two or three years trying to get that sorted out. So, I'm well, from that. speaking to Barry, we like know like there's obviously legal things that can't be spoken about and everything like that. But on, on a personal level, you must have felt kind of hurt by like the mess it had left because obviously you've done something for the community, you've done something for the town and the club, and yet it's whatever's happened in that situation, it's not gone right. It must have been quite hard to take at times, yeah. It was hard to. Because yeah, the, the amount of money you spend on a pitch like that isn't it's not cheap, and you expect if you are going to spend that sort of money, then the the product that you're getting is going to be good, or at least the customer service as well is going to be good. Like you say, I can't go into too much detail because of various reasons, but yeah, there was plenty that not to be happy with, and it was painful at times when you had to. Do you know what I mean, you've got kids clubs coming down, you've got Worthing FC at like uh, events going on, and you've got to cancel them because the, there's more work to be done on the pitch, and there's you're constantly loss in revenue in that as well. Every yeah. time you have to cancel something and, and let people down, and it's yeah, it's never nice to do that. And that's not why I, I put the pitch down. The pitch was put down to encourage the community to come down and offer offer a venue for young players to come and play. And the last thing we wanted to be doing is keep cancelling on everyone because uh, what we what we had laid down was a no fault of our own, not not good enough. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. So obviously, George, we talk about, you know, the pitch being relayed and you finally sorted out to one of the best pitches, we'd say, in non-league football. And I, it'd be interesting to see next season comparison to other 3D pitches in the new league. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, it's going to be good. But we obviously... COVID helped us out in that, mate, because we managed to relay without really having much impact on the club. We only had to do one away game or sort of home game at Horsham in that second null and void season. But mentally and physically, when we were so close, obviously spending a couple of seasons sort of cementing ourselves in the Isbin Premier and Adam really pushing and we got it cruelly snatched away from us when you must, you, you couldn't have helped sitting there and thinking, we're going to do this. We're going to be in the National South next year to then this horrible disease to come in and, you know, put the world on hold for the past couple of years. We've spoken, you know, on odd podcasts, we've done podcasts with you over the past couple of years, but we've never really gone into detail. Mentally and physically, how, how did you deal with that? Because you were so close, this plan was so close to being achieved. It can't have been easy to think, this ain't right. We're getting this completely snatched, the rug taken from under our feet. Yeah, it did, it did feel like that. I felt, I felt sorry for all the fans. I felt sorry for the players and I felt sorry for Hinch and, and everyone involved at the club, really, that obviously put in a huge amount of work over well, the course of most of the season and, and we're in a great position to go on and, w- and win the league that year. Felt, yeah, again, I felt sorry for the players because a lot of them want want to test themselves at the National League South, and um, I think it's just, I think Hinch, what Hinch managed to do in keeping the squad together was incredible, um, and to go again, and and then obviously that season got cancelled as well, and then to go again has been yeah, exceptional really to keep that hunger and drive in in the same group of players, and then yeah, I think that's just the environment he's built, but yeah, in terms of it getting snatched away, it was. Yeah, it was hard. It was horrible, and but I do think we made the most of the off the of, of the COVID years, if you like, because we managed to get so much done at the ground. Mm. Uh, so, uh, although it was really really tough at the time, I think as a club, and I think Barry was instrumental in that, in, in making sure that we didn't waste that time sitting on our hands, and we really made the most of that time where there was no fixtures happening to make them to make the ground ready for national league south when we did make the step so so yeah now we're in a position just to just to do it so did you yeah. ever feel angry though like because obviously we know like you know so we're not going to say more important things in football in the world people dying you know all that but did you ever feel angry the way it was dealt with by the leagues and everything like that and people that you had no power in even influencing or saying come on guys look at the picture here like so not just you hastings other clubs like south shields in the northern premier they were they were odds on winners but yeah 
this is so cruel. It's not just about the disease now. This is ridiculous. Uh, I was very frustrated that the decision was made as early as it was because I just felt like we, as well, I say we, I feel like uh, the Isthmian League as a whole, I think were the first to sort of make their decision without really anything else to, I don't want to say back it up. Obviously, there was a lot going on, so it was a tricky decision to make, but I just felt like they could have waited longer like all the other leagues did and just tried to seek out other opportunities or other other yeah other avenues that they could have gone down sort of other options rather than just saying right that's it null and void and then scrapping it I, th- I feel like there could have been some more time to deliberate and maybe speak to speak to the clubs in the leagues and see what the best way forward was for everyone but I, again I I didn't sort of linger too long on that it was a very tough yeah. decision to make there's a lot going on in the world and um yeah I guess as hard as it was to take for us um yeah, it was there was other more important things going on in the world, and and there had been other teams in the league. Even though if we said, "Oh yeah, let's carry on" or "let's do points per game," there would have been other teams that might have got relegated off the back of that points per game. So they would have been fighting the other corner. So yeah, I think yeah. it, I think to be fair, it would have ended up the same way whether they took more time or not. But um, yeah, it was tough to take at the time, and you would have just liked to sin them maybe deliberate it for a little bit longer than they did. It was kind of like almost doing them a favour, just putting it, putting it null and void straight away. But yeah, that, it, it is what it is. And it was between a rock and a hard place, weren't they? So they, they did what they thought was best at the time, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, George, you've mentioned the, um, the improvements at the ground. And I think, I think one, one of the, one of the boosts, I think after the null and void was the, the futures bright campaign. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that really, you know, um, get, 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 gave everyone sort of a purpose during the whole of you know after the disappointments etc cetera, etc cetera, it sort of got everyone together as one as fans of the club etc to, to to really to really achieve something and I think you know the fans in the community really achieved that for the club in helping to to raise so much money so we could do these improvements yeah no 100 oh yeah I couldn't agree more I think it was uh really well uh, not, not not well timed, but I just think it was, it was a really nice opportunity to bring everyone together because it was a tough time for everyone involved at the club and and to be able to do something together as a community and as a, as a fan base was was incredible really. And for everyone then to come back and see like the fruits of that that Futures Bright campaign with all the other like the new northeast corner and all the stuff that had gone on over there. And the new floodlights, obviously, were state of the art floodlights. It was it was great to have something tangible that people could come back and see see the difference where their money had gone, if you know what I mean. So that was yeah, it was amazing to see. And if I'm brutally honest, I was completely shocked by the amount of support and the money that we actually raised for that. I thought it was incredible, and I I I, I didn't I didn't actually think that we would if I'm if I'm being brutally honest hit that hit that amount. And yeah, it was incredible. And I'm yeah so thankful to our fan base. I think our fan base is incredible anyway, but. Um, on top of that, they what they've done during lockdown to to make sure that the club was ready to make that next step was so important for us and, and it has enabled us now to make that step because if we didn't do it then and we didn't raise that money, we would be in a bit of a predicament now where we, do you know what I mean, we'd be questioning whether we could go into the next step or not because we maybe didn't have the ground facilities to do so. So, yeah, it, all that hard work from the fans and the community during during lockdown has, yeah, has meant that our step up has become a bit easier. On a side note, are we ever going to be able to use the LED lights uh, to do one of those sort of Premier League style trance amps with all the lights flashing at different points? <laughs> where it's in, in tune with the yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're, we're a far, we're a bit. George, a bit you missed out there, there, mate. You know, you know, you should have, you know, should have pushed another five grand or something to get us fancy. And I'm sure we'd have loved that. <laughs> we'd, need to, we'd need to upgrade our music facilities just, for that, I think. Yeah. Just have Pete, just have Pete like flicking a light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, put it up with Gary and Pete. Gary is DJ and Pete it's flicking Stuart, the lights. Stuart's right. job. <laughs> Yeah, so the Futures Bright campaign, you know, from a fan's perspective, did really create a, a positive in quite bad times. So do you see that acting in a way for the season that's that's come or seasons? You know, that's that's built, that positivity is built, you know, from where we were with Null and Void to coming back and we've got something more positive to come back to and to build on. Do you think that what you mean for next season or you mean for the season that we season 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 just gone yeah I, I think so I think everyone was excited to be back I, I certainly was anyway and um, obviously I'd, I'd been down the ground and 
and seen, seen the improvements anyway. But I think everyone that maybe hadn't seen them yet was excited to get down there and, and see them. And I think everyone was on a bit of a, not a high, but everyone was like, expectations were high, weren't they? Because we had two really good seasons, well, one really good season and one good start to a season. And I think everyone was, yeah, on, on a high and expecting the club to do well again, and, and rightly so. And um, yeah, we managed to fulfil that, which was good. But I do think that built into it, like everyone, almost when you, put a bit of yourself into something you you almost like people putting money towards the ground improvements then coming down and seeing them and I think that really helps to feel part of something mm. and, and really see like the improvements that are going on down the ground and on and off the pitch so yeah I think that that definitely helps helps people's buy-in or, or certainly once you do buy into it and and start committing mo- your own money to these projects around the ground which that's what the Futures Bright campaign was yeah. I think, yeah, that really does get people's buying and they're a lot more committed. And I think our, our crowd numbers showed that last year. I thought it was incredible. I was, I was surprised at how much it grew from the, we were all worried that maybe that it, we would have less than, I think the the whatever season, it, well, I can't remember what it was. So it was 2000, 2001 season. That was at the last nearly full season we had. I think we had like 860 was the average. And we were all, we were all thinking, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be in and around that again, probably because, we're not expecting people to want to come out and be in big crowds and stuff. And from the off, we were we were having really good numbers. So yeah, I think that certainly helped. So what was the season like for you? Obviously, you know we know what's happened. Everyone knows what's happened. If you, if you don't know what's happened and you live in Worthing, you need to wake up because uh, you know we're going international south. Um, after two years, I mean, deep down, you you must have known we can do it. But was there any ever, ever time? And I'm not putting anything against Adam or the team or the players. Well, there's only time, you know, sod's law, this ain't going to happen for us this year. Like, I know for a fact, I could put my hands up and say, you know, we didn't get off to the best of starts this season. So, Mexico's from the cup and Pete telling me to stop getting so stressy because uh, I'm uh, I'm getting too aggy about us losing in the FA Cup and going to replay and going to that bloody car short, um, not car short, oh, roofing, yeah. casuals and everything like that. And no, I think after team. that, yeah, bogey team, man. I hate we can, the place. We can't, we can't have a podcast without Corinthians. Yeah, because I love the place, but I hate the place. The people are so nice there, but I just hate the club because they always just mess with us. But, um, yeah. You know, we had that point and, you know, you thought, you know, we had that amazing pre-season where we're beating teams in the National South like Welling and Tunbridge. And fair enough, they didn't have their full squad. But, you know, you must have gone, thought, wow, we're smashing it here. And then we had the little hiccup, but then it just ironed itself out. And Spencer was constantly saying to me, Pete was constantly saying to me, they're like literally patting me on the head and going, just calm yourself in. But did you think all along that we would do it? Did you think it would be third time lucky and we're going to do it? Or was there sort of, were you just sort of very cautious to the end? Because I know Hint just yeah. said until Jasper scored that second goal away at Bowers, he was like, we still haven't got this in the bag. Yeah, no, I was kind of with him on that. I think I think going into the season, I never get too carried away pre-season anyway, because I, I yeah. just feel like that is a time for uh, to try things and for people to prepare. I think it really kicks in when the season starts. And obviously I think we started... We lost him. We were away to Folkestone the first game yeah. of the season. Oh, that was awful, that um, game. <laughs> but I think we always struggle away at Folkestone. I don't think we've, in the lot, and certainly since I've been involved, I think only a few times we, have we been on the right side of the result. So I didn't kind of take too much from that either. And I, I just had faith in Hinch that we're definitely being in and around it. But I did go into the season think it would just be our luck now if we, for whatever reason, had a, a bad spell in the season and we didn't quite make it and then lost in the playoffs or something. So, yeah, I kind of always had that, fear in the back of my head that we might not do it it's it would be quite incredible for the same team to be topping the table three years in a row uh do you know what I mean it just just percentages would mean that some other team would perform maybe better than us in this year but um no Hinch and the players were incredible from maybe from the second game to the last yeah well, we yeah, saw how, yeah. um, you know, we look at Bauer, um, not Bauer, sorry, Bishop Stortford, how they came. It, it sort of went through waves. It was like one one few weeks, it was Enfield with Mo Fowle scoring left, right and centre every time he touched the ball. And they were sort of yeah. at the front run goal. They're chasing Worthing's tails. And then it was like chess hunt for a bit. And we obviously know they went up through the playoffs. And then you've got Bishop Stortford. It seemed to be a few clubs in Lewis at one stage. They seemed to come in waves and go, but sort of Hinch and the boys just kept batting them away. And, you know, it was kind of got to that point. That was point. it. It was just yeah. relentless, wasn't it? I mean, there was a lot of teams chasing us down like you say Bishop's had a a good run and uh, their manager liked to keep kept banging on about in his press conferences how well they're doing and oh they were they're the, the best, best team in the league weren't they're they they're the best team in the league and all this sort of stuff and you just think <laughs> yeah you're the best team in the league if you're not looking at the league table we're 10 points clear of you yeah but it's like some, they some had classics a really, really him, good spell it? but yeah Hinch and the players just didn't didn't uh yeah falter to the the pressure of 
Bishop Stortford and, yeah. and just kept kept it plugging away and getting the points uh, by hook or by crook. And a lot of the games we played well and we were sort of dominating teams. There's a few games, I think, away at East Thurrock, Pete. That was a tough game, wasn't it? And we, I think we won 1 0. Uh, Isn't that what Stu up. said he thought that was when we did it at the end of the season? I think Stu said he thought that was the point. Whereas Pete Spence, myself, said when uh, Lewis um, and that, that absolute world scored by Jesse, that's when we thought it is actually going to be ours. But like Stu said, for him, it was when that Callum Keeley 1 0 yeah. winner. Uh, that I kind horrible of agree with Stu. Yeah. I kind of agree with him. I think that that was the real turning point where you think we're just not going to slip up here, however hard it is. I just don't think we're going to let this let this uh, lead at the top of the league slip. I just felt like, yeah, we've got everything, all the makeup in the team. So no matter what the conditions or who we're playing against, we've got we've got it in us to beat them. And I, I kind of agree with you there. When that goal went in, you just thought this is going to this is going to happen this year. I think um, when I interviewed Adam after the game, he said that's the biggest three points of the season away at East Forrick. Yeah, well, it was such, such a, I don't know, like an old school game. Wasn't it's it? a horrible like, place it, to go, isn't it? It's, 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 horrible, it's, yeah. it's a hard place to go. It's, they're yeah. always a difficult team. Pitch was all over the place. Everyone's screaming, shouting, swearing. It was it was absolutely... Yeah, I think it was Jasper. He said, didn't Jasper say to us, chaps, he said something like, it felt like they'd been running through like, like waist-high mud for the whole game at the end. Like, you yeah, know, it's it was, that horrible yeah, it was pitch. Not, not a great pitch to play on but we still managed to win and it wasn't our best performance in the world by all means but um yeah we dug it out and that, I think that's why yeah I was so happy with the team that they won a different way which was yeah it's good to see yeah I was I was glad I was on the balcony otherwise I'd have had a colour on the next day to be honest oh yeah you were yeah you were like right above me weren't you yeah yeah <laughs> but I mean we don't like to talk about what ifs but we can kind of talk about what if what was so obviously as an owner of a football club you would have had to plan sort of the multiple scenarios you know, say if we hadn't got promoted was there any sort of you know thought plan you know if we hadn't done it this year would it have been the same sort of investment for next season was there things you might have had to draw back on like what was the thought process because obviously we wouldn't know this it would just be curious to know from what what the planning was from you and the board yeah we were we were planning both scenarios it would be foolish not to in case one of them happened and we hadn't planned for it so we were planning both and obviously there's uh, you know different models for each each league uh, I feel like you know maybe if we didn't go up then we wouldn't have had to change it as drastically as if we did go up because obviously things yeah. cost more in the league above so yeah that and that's what we based our model around really I'm sure you can you can imagine where what would cost more in the league above and, and maybe what you wouldn't need to spend as much on in the league below so yeah it's all them sorts of things and uh yeah we plan for both basically yeah. I don't want to give too much no away. no of course yeah, yeah of course it's just it's interesting to know because I know as you say it would be not it wouldn't be sensible to just think we're going to doing boss it and then there we go yeah, be, be there. it would yeah. be very naive of us very just dark. to plan to go up and then not go up and be like oh crap what do we do now we've got yeah, yeah, four yeah. weeks to try and work something out yeah um, so yeah we planned for both scenarios but we didn't we didn't have to think about that in the end did we we didn't have to think no about no, it, no we didn't we, yeah our heart our heart was in the uh the, the promotion one don't worry we, the other one was done just out of sensible so things. when when jasper scored that worldie curler in the sort of what is it the 84th 85th minute away bows and pitsy like what? What was that feeling to you? Because we all overwhelmed with emotion, but for yourself to like actually finally get there and think, "Oh my god, we've actually done it!" and to, to seal it with that absolute curler. I mean, it, that kid is like something special. You know, he even did it on the last day of season when we lifted the trophy. But those goals he scored, we we all said it from that first game against Three Bridges when he curled it in preseason friendly last season. He curled it from the edge of the box, and everyone's just like, "Oh my god, how many times are you going to do it a season?" But to yeah. do the guy that secures the league, what what how, what felt? How do you feel? You must have felt like on cloud nine. You must have felt like in a different universe, right then. Yeah, I mean, I had. Like going when you looked at the lineup for the last few games of the season, I was kind of hoping that we would get to do that at home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Win the league at home, but yeah, regardless of that, it was um it was amazing that, that when that goal went in, and we just sort of knew okay, it's over now. Like we haven't got to stress; it's party time. We can just uh, our last few games of the season, we can just relax and really enjoy it. And I think the players did that, and it was good to see that they still went out and sort of won them games, and then. In, in the last in the, in the end of the season I think we draw one one two draw one after that after lost the Horsham 
Lost oh, yeah, of course we did. That yeah, horrible, that, that Aaron bank holiday Monday, there. bloody horsham. But, yeah. um, George, you're probably quite glad it didn't happen at home because that beautiful pitch you uh, yeah, installed. Yeah, that was another <laughs> thing. I, think, I said that to someone in an interview afterwards. I think we've just dodged a pitch invasion at Woodside. So yeah. that, that was good. Because you know yeah, it would have so, happened. No chance yeah, it would have. And I, I would have apologised in advance, but I would have been one of those people on that pitch. Yeah, mate, I don't, so, I don't you know, know how you stopped that emotion <laughs> just pouring onto the pitch. It's, oh, it was amazing. It would have been tricky. I think, Adita, we all laugh at that um that proper like Essex woman who was a stadium announcer shouting us all to get off the pitch and the coach yeah, is leaving like I think that Imagine was one of the memories get off, that the, day. Pitch, get yeah. off the pitch now yeah. oh, shut up love so uh, she must things. have really been pulling her hair out yeah. so it weren't our pitch so yeah, yeah what, but what, what a day and the, the scenes of the party and after you know and when we actually finally lift that's that trophy, amazing oh, i mean actually the best moment i think was when we went back i don't know if any of i can't remember now yeah we but, were all there don't worry yeah yeah i wasn't you know. in there and i wasn't being served pints by callum keely and not having yeah baby. And I, I don't know what you're on callum about you know, I, I mean they were the worst poured pints ever but i mean you know that's maybe why it was buy one get one free and all that you know yeah i think i don't think it was that was it was just well george i'm trying to i'm trying to not incriminate myself very much here but if you yeah. want to say so then no it wasn't that yeah, yeah it's no. a flat point for free I, I saw them just drinking it straight out of the bottle at one point oh no it's when they started on the, the like the spirits behind the back i think box was like yeah. pouring it into everyone's mouth behind there it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a, uh, that was actually that but was what amazing that just to see everyone really i, I don't think your around. your girlfriend jess really does bloody hell she was sitting there with you in the corner wasn't she and i think she was like oh my god what's happening yeah here? she <laughs> couldn't believe what she was saying yeah she couldn't believe the repertoire of songs that was coming out even there was some that i hadn't even heard before I, mean, I couldn't believe it. It was, ama- it was just amazing to be there, wasn't it? And, and experience oh, that and everyone to really just relax and enjoy it. That was good. So it was okay. so tense to everyone just wanted it done, didn't they? So yeah, that shows, was how, shows how as one we are as a club. Yeah, and everyone was there, fans, players, uh, obviously management. It was it was amazing to have everyone there and just enjoying it and really mm. just going for it. I mean, to me, and I know sure Spence and Pete, it felt like family. We all felt as one, yeah. you know, everyone just in that bar. I mean, I'm, I'm never, we'll never experience. I mean, yeah, we like to think where we will be promoted and we'll be in a higher league in the future. But, you know, you look at it and think, I don't know if it, anything will be as special as that, I think, because of the yeah. hepped up emotion for three years for like, you know, being able to finally lift the trophy, being, I say, we're champions of a league we deserve to win two, three years ago. Um, and a bunch of players at yourself and, you know, the board and Hinch have managed to keep at that club as well, you know what an overall achievement that's why I think it's going to be so much harder when we see some of these players deservedly going up and being promoted to bigger clubs and higher up in the league because we've been used to them for like two three years and you know yeah. we're going to see a new look Worthing squad next season obviously it must be tough for you but it's all part and part parcel of being an owner of a football club isn't it yeah it's all it's all football in that players come and go but I think the the beauty of what Hinch is to the club is like stability there's so many players there that have played so many games for the club and been there for like long periods of time which is quite rare in non-league there's the turnover at most clubs is is a lot so i think everyone's really and i think that helps with the credit like the the passion in the crowd and the the connection that's between the players and the fans because mm-hmm. they've been there for so long you kind of seen them grow up do you know what i mean like players that have come in in their late teens and, and mm-hmm. now sort of early 20s and yeah really developed into really good non-league players and it, yeah I think that's that's part of the beauty of at, of the club at the moment is yeah everyone everyone sort of knows these players and has almost grown up with these players over the last three four five years I think, I think we've got five that, or six yeah. players over 150 appearances which mental. is crazy mental yeah. I mean the, the epitome of that for us especially I think you've got to look at Mr Pattenden himself he's come up through the Worthing Academy and he yeah. cemented himself this season and become one of the most important players. And he's, as we said, jokingly or not jokingly, he's the one that it's a team effort. But he finalised that hundred po- uh, that sort of hundred goals. He finalised yeah. the title, and you know you couldn't wish it on a better guy. No, he's a, he's really 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 top guy. And like you say, come through the development pathway, and he's kind of exactly the sort of person and player that we're we're trying to promote at the club. A, a local a local guy who's yeah good at football and a really nice guy too. So. Um, yeah, that the more of them, the more just patterns we can get on board, the, the better, I'm sure. And, and it'll I'm just sure be he a, should say the same. Worthing would just be a better place for them. You know, he's made it yeah, a better place. So, and he's got, a, he's got a knack for getting an important goal, hasn't he? That's the thing. He does, yeah. And it has to be a flash one as well, the flash kit. But, you know, we love yeah. him really, don't we? This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. George, so we, we've lifted the title. We're now, you know, we're now champions of the Eastman League and you've had the award ceremonies. We've had like, you know, uh, one amazing season. Yeah, could have been even better with a Sussex Cup win and possibly the league trophy, but that wasn't to be. But I think any of us would have taken the league promotion over any of those trophies before the season started. Um, 
we look forward to the National South. Before we move on to that quickly, what was your highlight of the season? What was your like one highlight? You had to pick one because I know there's so many. What was your highlight? Well, in, in my one highlight would genuinely be that after the Bowers game in the in the bar, yeah, just yeah. everyone going yeah. crazy. That would that it was like three hours of just constant Worthing songs. It was absolutely incredible. That would be my highlight in off the pitch in general. On the pitch, it would be Jesse Starkey's goal at Lewis. I just oh, think really? that was that was just magic. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely buzzed when that went in, and I really yeah, enjoyed well, Pete's commentary. Yeah, I know. I was going to say <laughs> that, I, that wasn't, video I wasn't there, but like the bit where he's like literally proper screaming, like a proper yeah, like Italian so style football commentator, isn't it? You know, like yeah. you know, uh, it was amazing. So we're moving on to the national south. Like, is there another five year plan now, or is there a t- different type of plan? Because we haven't really had the chance to ask you because no, Pete... naturally planning for the future. <laughs> I was Pete's know something, but obviously naturally planning for yeah. the future, you're going to have to look at what happens if as a football owner and like a board. So what, what is, what is the next steps for Worthing Football Club? Uh, yeah, Pete was trying to get out of me the other night, what the next five-year plan is. So like him trying to get you drunk, him trying to get you drunk on side. I haven't, yeah. I haven't made one. I'm not going to commit to one, but as a club, our, our, our vision and our goal is to yeah keep progressing on and off the pitch and keep trying to keep trying to climb the leagues. We, we certainly don't think we've hit our ceiling yet and we want to keep, yeah, keep, going forward so I'm not going to commit a time to that no, of course. we're in a completely new league now and we need to sort of test the waters in the first couple of years probably and, and see where we end up we're all would very be, ambitious would it from... be wild to say to you have you considered Worthing becoming a professional league two club in the EFL is that something maybe in your dreams but as a professional and an owner of a football club is that something that has crossed your mind and been taught to at board level because in theory George we're only have a good season this year we're we're two promotions away from professional football in the EFL. And obviously we know for a fact that means a hell of a lot of changes around Worthing, mm. not necessarily yeah. Woodside, you know, like literally everything about the club. But is that something that has been in the back of your mind or is it just focus on the national self, see if we can get up to national and then, you know, look at it in the future? Or from an outsider's point of view, is it something you have to like keep in the sort of distance and sort of think, well, this may um, happen? I think we're all very ambitious from the board level down. So it's certainly something I've, I've thought about and spoken about and uh, like you say it would mean I think we could sustain a club in National League Premier Division at, at Woodside but whether we could do that if we went any higher I'm not I'm not sure so it's certainly things that we we talk about and um, yeah I'm not I wouldn't say we're planning for it right now we're just planning to um, compete in this league and and see where that takes us and then yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? It might come to Christmas time. We're thinking, bloody hell, we need to start thinking quickly about what we're going to do. But um, yeah, it's it's conversations that we have because we're all very ambitious, and it, it's not out out of out of the question that we could ever get to that mm. stage. And we're certainly not going to like take our foot off the throttle if we start approaching that stage. Yeah. So we'll have to look for alternatives if um, and different ways of of making that happen and making it achievable. And yeah, we're all sort of driven to to make sure if we do get into a position where it could be viable, then we 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 do it. So but yeah, I wouldn't say we're planning for it. It's certainly not, do you know what I mean? On our our thoughts or, or the front of our thoughts right now. Front of our thoughts right now is just trying to support Hinch and, and Nathan and and all the players and try and have a really good season next year and enjoy it yeah and enjoy it it's going to be really interesting visiting some new clubs and having some new clubs down down to Woodside but yeah I'm very we're all very competitive so we don't want to we're not just there to make up the numbers that's for no, sure of course we could always uh, grouse Jerry Bryson couldn't we George if we made it up to professional football yeah well, a bit like Inter Milan and AC Milan <laughs> we'd get more on. fans probably we'd get more fans um <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's something that's exciting because obviously we know the thing. I mean, if you are going to rip up the pitch and go to grass, can you just give me a bit more notice? Because I don't think I bought enough frames to like, you know, sell the pitch last time or enough people were interested. <laughs> so I, really, I need to get the equipment in before we do that. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is up. exciting. I think everyone is, you know, we've there's all been talk about, you know, what will happen to the stadium in terms of even, you know, being progressed to the National Leagues. We know you have to build new stands if that was the thing. So I think, you know, we've got the the talk of the new, we know the application's gone out for like the pl- um, planning application slash uh, alcohol license for putting the new um, container in behind the sort of shed end and you know a lot of us are very excited to see what happens you know and how when we come back to that first game possibly first game of season when we play through bridges pre-season um it's an exciting time George and you know as an owner it's it must be even more exciting for you it's yeah it's really exciting times and uh sort of the board committee 
that we've got now at the club is is really good and there's really good people in in each area and it's yeah it's really exciting people like uh, Mike who, who does the premises and the stadium sort of manager he's got some really exciting plans and he is looking as far ahead as having new sort of stands built and all this sort of stuff but there's a list of other things we need to get yeah. done first like you say that maybe uh, the new bar hopefully so uh yeah no it's exciting and there's a lot of things that we want to do and but there's other things that we have to do so we're just working our way through the list and hopefully we'll yeah have a, a stadium there. well you need to say to um um mike that uh pete is he's got a rider and if you do build a new stand he's demanding a uh a rebel yell commentary gantry <laughs> for himself and himself only it means no other press can go anywhere near him it's got to have the golden door and everything like that and it has to be sure. so you, you, is that all right is that all right george yeah we yeah, say that now we yeah make that well i want something similar so he can be next door to me That'd be cool. You, you you have the throne there right next to him. We'll be on the side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll be your lackeys at the side. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? I, just, I, just want, I just want to stay dry and keep my laptop dry in the winter. That's all I want. I'm sure, I'm sure Pete was demanding a throne at one point. Well, wasn't he going to call it Pete's pulpit at first? When we go, when you did the commentary, <laughs> that, that was what you came up with. Well, you do commentate <laughs> on the women's team, and you know what happens on Sundays at churches. It could be Pete's pulpit, but you know, there we go. Um, and just touching on the women's team, George. I mean, forget, forgetting what you know of the youth teams. Just before we wrap this up, I mean, the club just all around is just going from strength to strength. You know, John and what he's done with the women's team to finish in that league. You know, in the top half of the table with in a, a new squad in a new league. Um, obviously yeah. moving on from Michelle the season before, and you know what the youth teams have done with all the youth coaches. It's not just the men's team you feel proud of, but look at the whole club in general, mate. It's 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 becoming it's becoming a weapon on the Sussex. Yeah, coast. it really is. I mean, like you say, the women's team have had a really good few years, and, and I think they had back to back promotion, didn't they? And then last year they finished fourth in a, in a new league. So, and with a lot a lot of new players and a new manager, and I think they did a really good job to do that. There's some really um, really good teams in that league, so they they did well to hold their own and I think they'll push on again this year if, if yeah. I'm honest I think or if Ashford really out well. of the league they've got a very good chance of possibly pushing for that yeah, title yeah I think I think they've got a really good team and I think John's keen to keep a lot of them together and add to it so I think they'll they'll do well and then yeah look at the young youth teams as well they all they won a lot last year you had the under 19s winning the league and cup I think and then you had the under yeah. 18s doing the same and the, yeah. they were in the champions the champions final as well so yeah I mean it's been mm. incredible for, uh, for the whole whole club last season and yeah, very, very proud of uh, what we've seen to have built up over the last few years. It's yeah, it's an amazing place to be at the moment, I think. And I think you can say the whole of Sussex is quite an amazing place to be. You know, you're becoming the right little fortress for football. You look at what Littlehampton yeah. have done. You look at what yeah. Hastings have done. You know, Hastings mm-hmm. have taken our place rightfully in the league. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what they do, with what the money going in there and their new ground plans and everything like that. So you must feel proud to be part of a massive wider Sussex area, which is producing some pretty amazing football. Yeah, good football, good players and good managers. Obviously, John and Gary Hastings have done a great job to get get the promotion there and like, yeah there's a lot of uh, good players based in Sussex and I think there always has been but they kind of get overlooked for the for the London based players and it's good to see that um, yeah they're getting the younger Sussex based players are getting their opportunity now and really really thriving it was amazing to see Little Hampton at Wembley I went up to that I've got a few friends that play in that team so that was great to see and yeah very very happy for them and put their name on the map a little bit and Seeing yeah. some of the crowds they were getting towards the end of the season, and especially at their cup games, was amazing. Yeah. Although one of them did clash with our game, but we still but got a good Also, I don't know if you noticed their ultras, their new ultras have put a, a logo of them peeing on a Worthing logo. So I'm not quite keen on that. You know, I think you need to have oh, a yeah, word yeah. with some of them. Like, not that uh, on the head. No, that's like, what, what's that going on about there? Yeah, and trying to create they, a fake rivalry. They, they also invented the uh, non league march to the ground. Apparently so. Yeah, apparently so. Oh, that was okay. all over. Yeah, apparently we so. all know but, that we've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Um, you guys have. Yeah, George, uh, to, to just sign up, you know, to finish up the, the interview, a great little chat for you. I really enjoyed it. So thank you for taking your time. Um, we've started with five new signings to the club in Callum, Jake, Adam, Kane and Lewis. I mean, strong intent by Adam and the club to push forward. Um, you must be pleased with, you know, obviously you allocate the budget with the board and everything like that. Those first five signings, I mean, especially like a lot of the fans to get Callum Keeley back signed in the club is an amazing because that guy, yeah. he's come back from, you know, he was a good player before, but he went away. He went higher in the league, won promotions to the Football League with Sutton, played for Dorking and came back. As I'm sure you could agree, he was a very surprise. Well, he wasn't surprising, but, you know, he smashed it when he came back. And to have him as part of the Worthing team again as a full-on player and those other ones, you, you must be excited to see what you're going to see this season. Yeah, really, really, really pleased to like start with Callum getting back because I really liked him before he left as a player. And I think what he's added to his game is just goals. I think that's all he was 
all he was really lacking is work rate has never been in doubt. So yeah, I think he's been incredible. And I think Hinch was right to, I mean, I wouldn't tell Hinch what to do, but he's, he's, he, he was, yeah, he was keen to keep Callum. So that was, that was good. I'm pleased to see him back. He's a really good guy as well. And then, yeah, all the new guys, obviously Kane, we know a little bit about, don't we? Because he's played for us before. We know what he can do. And I well, think he kind of kept really... us waiting for a year, didn't he, really? So yeah, we'll have words with him when we interview him on the first podcast no, honestly, of the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he was very yeah. keen to be a worthy yeah, player I know, yeah. at the start of last year. And not for whatever reason, that didn't happen. But he's, yeah, he's very pleased to be back. And yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. And we all know what a good player he is. And he, he'll be able to offer us a lot next season at, at this level. He's got plenty of experience. Um, Jake obviously comes with big reputation, doesn't he? And I've, I've not seen him play much myself, but everything you hear about him is is positive, and he scores goals. And I'm, I'm not going to you know, something that every every side needs. Something obviously we've got Ollie Pierce, who was top goal scorer last year as well. So it looks quite deadly them two up front. That'll be that'll be amazing to see, yeah. won't it? Uh, Lewis White, very. I, I really like. Lewis White actually every time I see do you like him or the or his hair what do you like more both <laughs> equally I love his hair uh, oh, are we going to think about jealous. getting some wigs at the beginning of the season I think I yeah, think, yeah, I think yeah, all the should. away boys should be wearing I'm, wigs like that I'm yeah. growing I'm growing my hair I'm growing my hair I'm going to get it permed well I know your beard's um, looking strong mate you've got a strong beard game at the moment so well done <laughs> yeah, good. cheers yeah, no, I'm excited to see Lewis uh, play for him and see what Hinch can get out of him because I'm sure Hinch can take him yeah. to the next level as well he, he, he turns it on against us every time yeah, I, I just think he's a really exciting winger. He's just very direct, isn't yeah. he? And quick and and tricky, and gets gets everyone off their seats. Well, yeah. Not me, but he gets most people off their seats. Yeah, and Adam Elab obviously adding to the sort of line yeah, as well. Great, yeah. great player, yeah. very experienced player. I've never not seen him. Obviously, um, yeah, he's had a brilliant what the hell are you doing, so. Pete? I don't think that's <laughs> Lewis White's hair. That looks like no. it looks like a Halloween sort of scream. It, it sort needs of a bit of work, but it looks like a lot. He's of not. He's not Rastafarian, Pete. Is that what think, it is? Like dreadlocks think, or something? I think something. Think something's died, and Pete's fully yeah. on his head. Yeah, I don't really want to. Is that that spider in the room? Pete, Pete's been shaving his armpits again, hasn't he? Into a wig or something. Wasn't my like armpits, mate. Oh, is it your hair? I don't want to know what hair it is. Anyway, moving on. I think that's time. As as per usual, Pete dropping the toes. Either me or him at the end of the podcast. But um, George, what are you looking forward to most this season? What's the what's the thing you're looking forward to most? Obviously, going to new grounds. But is there anything you like really excited for? Um, yeah, going to new grounds, welcoming new teams. I'm just excited to get the season underway and see some of the see the team back together in pre-season yeah. and see some of the new players uh, mixing it with our players and I think that'll be I think Hinch is putting together a really good squad and I'm just excited for football to get back at Woodside 100%. to be honest I'm just excited to get back down there and yeah, yeah see how, how we fare in the league above it's hard yeah. hard to read well, I don't know league. if you've seen yeah. on Twitter there's been a few people that have said that um, Worthing are the outside a lot of people saying there was a, a poll I think the National League poll and it said you know favourites were sort of um, Dartford to be promoted but then we were like outsiders or surprise entrants so quite a lot of people said that so I think that's what we you know something that's exciting to see if it actually yeah, comes to true yeah i just think it's hard well it's hard for me to read because i haven't seen a lot of that league if i'm brutally honest the only games i saw last year were a couple of dorking games when worthing weren't playing because obviously if worthing are playing i'll go watch go watch that so i haven't seen a lot of uh, national league but um yeah i'm excited to see how we fare in that league a lot of the teams in that league say that they think that we're going to do okay but um yeah i'm just very interested to see how we do and i'm excited to, to get it underway really yeah, well, George, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. I'm sure Pete and Spence, you can add to that and say, what a great chat. Um, I, I, I'm sorry I forgot you on the first one. No, I didn't forget you really. That's right, mate, no worries. Uh, let's, let's, let's blame Hinch for spending too long when uh, Pete interviewed him and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> but you get your own special, George. You get yeah, you got your special. special. No, deservedly so. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Just to wrap it up, guys, before we sign off, um, memberships will be available for the Worthing FC Supporters Association from £8, uh, £5 for kids that will be starting at the pre-season. George, because it's only a couple of weeks away from now, isn't it? Just over a couple of weeks away till we'll be back at Woodside. Yeah, what is the 6th of July, isn't it? First friends like that, yeah. home to Three Bridges. So, yeah, be ready. James, can I ask, do you get a badge? You do get a badge. I cannot wait to show you my badge. Do you want to see my badge? Um, you're, you're looking forward to a nice little... Uh, <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. Just Pete yeah. with his wig. Here we go, George. <laughs> look at that. Look at that pin badge. You that is pin. smart. Yeah, very. What's it saying? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's. Is the there other options? Uh, 
Yeah. No, you could. Uh, well, we could probably get you one saying owner, but you know that'd be an. Oh no, no, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, we got we got the we got the committee ones for the committee, oh, and then you've right, got the okay. members. Just... So, so your membership card this year will be a pin badge. So eight pounds gets you this beautiful pin badge. Um, lots of things throughout the season. So you know, please see one of the guys outside the ground once or inside the ground once uh, the first pre-season sign up. We've got QR codes. We have uh, contactless payments, or you can pay traditionally by cash. Eight pounds. Uh, for an adult, five pounds for a child off. Um, George, yeah. thank you so much, mate. Enjoy the rest Cheers, of your guys. off time. Um, thank you for taking the time. And uh, yeah, as usual, contact us on Rebel Yell, WFCSA. Thanks to our sponsors, MK Window Cleaning and Nature's Health Box for renewing once again for this forthcoming season. And we can't wait to see you in the National South. Uh, we'll have come back with you for pre-season, um, sort of post pre-season podcast special where we speak to Barry and we speak to Hinch and speak to some of the new players. We look forward to bringing you that to you. And we'll see you all in a couple of weeks. But from myself, Pete and Spence, and obviously George, our special guest. Good night, everyone. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.